Hey guys, this is David Hubhager hosting the Road to Sweet Victory podcast. In this episode, I'm going to share my story in mental health. So my diagnosis are major depression, bipolar, anxiety, and PTSD. So between the ages of 6 and 9, I was placed into foster care. Um, Before I was placed, I had a terrible and rough childhood prior to the foster care. It all started when my birth mother was drinking and making bad choices. And a guy who ended up doing a one-night stand on my mom and the same guy ended up being my so-called father. I was raped by a couple of my neighbors um, at different times. Um, Now, one of them told me to do something to them and vice versa. I'll never forget that. Um... I could, I couldn't even if I wanted to, and trust me, I want to, believe me, I want to forget, um, I was trying to get rid of that image, but, <laughs> sorry, not to put anything on your guys' mind or anything, apologize if I did, um, so, one early morning, I was wide awake, downstairs, playing some GTA, um, Grand Theft Auto <laughs> on the gray PlayStation, sunny PlayStation. I heard two knocks on the door. I forgot what the first one was, but the second one, man, that cha- that second knock literally changed my life forever, right before my eyes. So my mom went to answer the door and she yelled my name, David. I said, I'm coming. So I went upstairs and the state was there to take me away from my mom and my brother and sister immediately. I ran downstairs to wake my older brother up, oldest brother. As soon as I got to Richard, my brother, on day 30, grabbed me by the feet and arm and pulled me away from him. I screamed and fought against them. Right? Because why wouldn't I? Um, at the last second, my brother woke up and saw that what was happening. At that point, he was too weak and tired to try to help me, help me out. So they took me and went and went to the SRS building. Um, man, that's, that's hard. Um, now the foster family had two kids at the time. Later came a third. The kids were bullies to me, toward me, not to mention they were all boys. <laughs> they were younger, a lot younger than me. I remember I slapped one of them because he took something from me. So I slapped him across the face. Now it's not a big deal or anything. So at the age of eight, I also didn't know any better. I hate foster care. I do not support it. Let me say that again. I do not support it. But I, I also believe that there are other and better solutions. Now, there are, there were some good times too. I recall that half, that my half birth brother and three, my three, um, foster brother, um, they're, they're my foster brother's parents, foster, 
parents, kids, there are three of them now, and my foster dad and his friend went on this big camping trip. Um, we went to like 13 different states on like the, uh, on the West coast in like 11 days or something like that. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was, uh, we went to go see, uh, the Grand Canyon, um, Yellowstone National Park. Um, yeah. Um, my foster dad's dad, he was a nice guy, I think. I mean, I was, I guess I was a little too young to remember what he was like. Um, but yeah. And, yeah. Another memory was that it was one cold, brutal winter. Um, we had taken out the club car. I was like a, a golf club or golf car. Um, and tied a uh, sled to it and took it to the church across the street that we lived, um, lived from. And, uh, it was so cold and we went so fast that the sled, um, flipped over <laughs> and it was me, my brother, um, that also got taken away, um, and two or th two of their kids, um, that were on the sled and yeah so the sled flipped flipped over and uh <laughs> and we landed in the snow my hands were buried in the snow my face was buried in the snow and uh it was snow was cold like i mean it's obviously cold because it's well snow um yeah um so it was it was fun but but um i did enjoy it um so um so at the end um we went inside we went back home um and then my foster parents took um um a uh one of those things you put in the microwave to warm your hands or like it's like a, if you have like a a sore back or whatever i forgot what they're called but um yeah um it makes it warm and like a, I don't know what you call it, but hope you guys know what I'm talking about. And it warms up your hands or back or chest for sore muscles or whatever. Um, and then those, it was placed on my hand, and then we had a heater on my hands and face. Um, 
and I was sitting in the room while they were while we were all watching the movie. Got some hot chocolate. Yeah, those were some good times. So uh, yeah, um, but those were the only good times I've ever uh, came across that I've ever seen. Um, the others were bad memories. Um, so yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna say something that I hope doesn't change the way you look or think at me if you see me um, in the world. But before I get to that, my foster parents and kids were abusive and my and my brother to me and my brother. Um, they would push us downstairs if I was bad as a punishment. I, w I would do three things. One is put my nose in the corner. I'm sure that's familiar with most of you guys. Um, I'm sure maybe not now, but, um, that was not that was familiar with back then, um, for a long period of time to, um, I would have to have told my arms up for a long period of time, um, as if I was like trying to be an airplane, you know? So, but not like hold that, hold that for a long time. Kind of like a workout. I guess it is a workout. Um, so, yeah. Um, and then my third, man, um, the, the other third, the third one was, um, I would run on the treadmill, um, until my foster dad would say stop or until he says it's time. Um, so yeah, but to me, man, talk about abuse and discipline. I think the difference between abuse and discipline are the age difference. What I went through was abuse. Now, if I was, if I had been older, like in the teens plus, then it would become discipline. You follow? So, yeah. So, the part that I, I hope doesn't change the way you look at or think of me is here. Um, part that I want to, if I want to say it, well, I'm just going to say it. So, there is this saying that the abuse becomes the abuser or neglected. At 11 years old, I touched my youngest old foster brother. I acted on it. I felt guilty. I feel so guilty. I had years of seeing a child therapist and he wanted to act. Uh, he wanted me to act it out on two action figures. Um, he, that he had in his office, which led to me, which led to more therapy later in my years. I never really talked about that in my therapy um, now, but I probably should. 
I'm actually going to actually now that I think of it. Um, yeah, it's actually a good idea. Um, but I don't know. I don't really. I think there are better reasons, better ideas to help people with this idea. Now, um, I'm no pedophile or anything. I promise you that this was back then. I don't have any urges or anything like that with kids or anything like that. Um, so, um, so I promise you that. And if I did, I would definitely tell that I'm working on it. Um, so, um, yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, um, I just felt really guilty, you know, um, and ways I still do because I don't know now that I'm telling basically the world through this podcast, I have nothing to hide once I release this. And once I do, I'm going to feel really good. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but it was definitely my, I mean, was it really my fault at the age of 11? Did I know better? Um, I do remember it happening, but if it, if this triggers anyone, please let me know. Um, this is where I wanted to self-harm and choose to act on it. This was my first reason why I wanted to self-harm. Um, so self-harming was a thing back then for me. Um, it was, um, definitely a stressor what happened to me and the thing that I did somewhat to my foster brother. Um, but because those two things happened, um, I wanted to self-harm and actually more than that, I wanted to die. So I, I could never live with myself. Um, but I know there's hope and there's hope. Um, because I've seen it happen before. Um, there's miracles in this world. I know that because I am one. I'm fighting for my life. I mean, I know we all are. Let's be honest, we all are. Um, it was actually right when I entered the home of the foster home, foster family that I had these thoughts of self-harm and wanted to commit suicide. Um, so, 
when I first entered the foster family, that's when I first had these suicide thoughts, um, because I know nothing was going to ever go back and nothing was, nothing was going to get better. Everything was going to get worse. So, um, I was known for being sneaky physically, like stealing food and so if there's a way I can get sneaky with food, then there's other ways I can get sneaky with self-harming. So I always got away. They never, till this day, they never found out I was self-harming in foster care while I was in foster care. Um, So I'm glad they don't. Um, So, but hopefully they don't ever find out. Well, unless they listen to this podcast, so... (laughs) <laughs> but uh, yeah now in high school I played sports football, wrestling, even ran track I played football and ran track all four years of high school and wrestled my junior and junior year and part of my senior year my wrestling, man let me tell you about that Wrestling was tough. It made you physically, mentally, and emotionally tough. It helped me get in, in shape for football and track. Um, football for sure. Um, but senior year is when I had my first mental breakdown. Um, my first manic episode. Um, I had my first manic episode for the first time and it was toward the end of the year. I had it because I was scared. I didn't know where I was going after high school. I ended up going to a group home that my guardian put me in. I hated it so much. I had no freedom whatsoever. Throughout the years, I was placed in foster care. They never took care of me, my needs or wants. They always focused on their own kids and not me or my brother. When I was 14, my foster father got a job in California. So he took it, obviously, because I went to California. California love. Just kidding. Um, because, I was still, because I was still in the system... I had to move down the street to my foster mom's brothers and his wife. So my foster cousin and foster aunt and uncle. They too failed to nurture me like they should have. I wouldn't have if I were them. I mean, that's what they're supposed to do. That's why, again, that is why the foster system sucks. That's an understatement. Um, it failed to do one thing, more than one thing, at the main thing that it was supposed to do, to nurture the kids, the foster kids, 
yet they failed to do that. Um, so I finally graduated high school at 19. The morning after graduation, I went into the group home. I didn't go to power play or anything with my graduating class because right after you graduate, your high school helps raise the money for project grad or whatever. And that's so that nobody goes out and gets drunk or not anything crazy like that. That's bright and early in the morning. I got a job that was that was a promised and worked at Marshall's for four years. Overall, mentally, I was doing good. Um, it may sound like it, but in the inside, it wanted to. I wanted to die, hardcore. Like I'm still not doing good. I've self harmed again in 2019, but I, but I haven't since then. I want to though. Every single day, I want to. So instead, I found a better and much safer method. Um, I'm using marijuana. Um, the fact that I'm using, um, I mean, it's, it's actually better than cutting. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'd rather use marijuana and get high every day than to self-harm every day. I'm giving my I'm giving myself that choice. I use it to numb the pain, but I feel like I'm going to relapse to self-harm. I self-harm to release because it feels really, really, really good when I cut myself. So if and when I do get there, I need you guys to help me when I relapse. Because this world, we're in this world together. We're in this fight together. This this life is no game. We can have some fun here and there. But suicide, self-harm, you gotta take that serious. When people are coming to you and saying these things whether they need attention or not you gotta be honest with them and say hey what's wrong and they gotta be honest with you it's two way street now I've also been hospitalized um I've been hospitalized five times my whole life due to mental health issues um yeah um, so getting diagnosed with those things I've listed, I've said in the beginning, um, those were all based off of, from my past and from being inpatient at hospitals and my inpatient hospital staff. So yeah, we're in this game together, guys. Nobody's on their own. Um, when it comes to mental health, if you need anything, I'm here for you. Let me know. Thanks, you guys. I love you. Thanks for listening on the Road to Sweet Victory podcast. 
Until next time, this is Dirty Dave, signing off.